This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We've made it all the way to Genesis chapter 39. We're moving through the life of Joseph, looking forward to what he's got to say and what he did. His his actual saving of not only Egypt, salvation of the world. If you believe Egypt is a picture of the world, which I do. And then you have him actually saving his family. All, everyone is benefiting from Joseph's place in in Egypt. And as we study this, as we go through it, I think it is powerful to look at it and also think about it in its pictures, the pictures that it gives us. And it gives us wonderful pictures of the work of God and reveals what God is doing in the New Testament, because this is really the beginning of the, in the Old Testament, the overarching story of deliverance from the world and mission of the soul, and ultimately God bringing us into his very best in the promised land. And that is the picture of the Christian life. And when you're dealing with this story, you always want to deal with the idea that this is a picture. It is an Old Testament picture, true events, true stories, but an Old Testament picture that models for us the New Testament Christian life. And so now Joseph had taken, had been taken down to Egypt. I love that verse one. Joseph was taken and notice it's down to Egypt, and down is a picture of descending from where God has you down into into the world, which is Egypt. When when the story is told of the man who who was beaten and then eventually saved by the Good Samaritan, the Bible says that he went down to Jericho. Now Jericho is a picture of the demonic powers and strengths uh, in control of an area, because Jericho was the first city that they took that was under the control of the Canaanites when they entered the promised land. And so obviously, and it's a great steep decline from Jerusalem down to Jericho, even though the distance is not that far. Going down to Egypt, the distance is a lot farther. But he was carried down to Egypt, and notice he was carried down to Egypt in slavery. So the world enslaved him to sin, took him and enslaved him in sin. And that's what, that is the picture that we have from this story. Egypt is a place where the world is in charge. It's actually a picture of the world. And we are there, we find ourselves originally enslaved in Egypt. Now we have all the promises of God. We have all the blessings of God, but we're enslaved in Egypt until we are delivered. And it says, and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, and this is important because a lot of times we think Potiphar is this guy's name. And in all actuality, it could be his name. Theoretically, it could be his name. But Potiphar is actually a position, and it's a high position in Pharaoh's court. It's a important position in Pharaoh's court. It's a place where Pharaoh is in charge, and it's a place where Pharaoh puts him over things. One of the one of the ideas for Potiphar and his position is that he's kind of like 
a really important butler for Pharaoh, meaning he's in charge of his food, he's in charge of the whole household and the whole running of the operation of Pharaoh's palace. He's in charge of the guards. He's in charge of everything that goes on where Pharaoh lives. He's in charge of making sure the bed doesn't have scorpions or snakes in it. He's in charge of making sure that no one in the in the in the palace is is plotting to kill Pharaoh. He is in charge of everything that is Pharaoh's and making sure that he's taken care of. Much in the old English days, a butler would have been in charge of all the households. And I know some of y'all have been watching Downton Abbey. Many of y'all watched that as it was going on. The butler there is in charge really of the household. And so that would be what Potiphar's in charge of. Potiphar can also be the guy who's in charge of the prison. That name, that Egyptian name can also be the guy who's in charge of the prison. Now, we're not talking about a prison like you think of today because we've got many prisons in this country, and uh, those are places where people are convicted of crimes, and one of their punishments is to be incarcerated for a certain period of time. That's not the way prisons work back then. They didn't have these huge organizations where people would have to go and live out of punishment, and then they could be released. That didn't happen very much in the days that that are three, four thousand years ago, or even a thousand years ago. There was not a lot of prisons out there. You think the Tower of London was a jail? It was a prison. Sure, there were jails. And uh, what would happen is you would either be convicted of whatever you were being held for, and uh, you would be killed or you would be exonerated and released. Prisons didn't exist where you would stay there for 10, 15, 20 years very much. Now, there are some evidence that there are a few of them, but not to the scale that we do things today. You were either exonerated or eventually exonerated. You might be held for a while as a punishment, but you were eventually exonerated and put back in your position or you couldn't be trusted, and they weren't going to put you in any position. They were going to have you killed. And Potiphar could be the person, or what we would call the chief jailer. And you that going on throughout the missionary journeys of Paul and Barnabas and Silas and all. They're put in jails, but they're put in jails to be held for the purpose of going to trial. And that that is that is an understanding that Potiphar could have been. It doesn't really matter how his role played out in Pharaoh's Egypt. What matters is that you understand that he was a high official in Pharaoh's Egypt, and he was very close to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh in the Bible is a picture of Satan. He's a picture of Satan being control of the world. And it says, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, he was captain of the guard. Notice that would not have been captain of the whole army. That would have been captain of the guard that guarded the, the palace. So we know he had at least that role. He had a security role in the palace. And he was an Egyptian. And he bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And so obviously you can see that the world has bought him from the Ishmaelites and Joseph's in slavery in Egypt. He is owned by Egypt. And that's what happens to everyone when we enter into the world. We are owned by the world. We are being controlled. We are being directed. We are under the whims of the world that we live in. And this world is not a world that is controlled or handled by God, but it is a world that that is under the control 
of darkness. And we know that the world is not under the control of Jesus Christ in the sense of that he is he is right now ruling and reigning over the world. There's a war going on. There's a spiritual battle going on all around us. And that takes place on a daily basis. It takes place in your life and it takes place in the lives of those around us. It says in verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph. Notice, even though you're in the world, even though you're enslaved in the world, God is still got his eternal and divine purposes for you are still there. And Joseph was uh, already a person of promise. He'd already been given by his father the, the coat of many colors. He'd already been put in a high position in his father's house. And even though he was dragged into slavery into Egypt, he was still a part of God's divine plan. And understanding that and knowing that God has a divine purpose and plan, and that divine purpose and plan is beyond his creation. It exists in his own heart, in his own mind, and God exists in creation, but he exists beyond creation. He exists in time, but he exists beyond time also, and so his plans for us are eternal plans, and so his plans for Joseph were eternal plans. They were important plans, and it says, and he was, the Lord was with Joseph, and so even in our lives, when we're struggling through this world of pain and sin and death, as David calls the valley of the shadow of death, as we're struggling through this world, God's plans are available and they're at work in our lives. And he says he was very, he was successful. He was a successful, that goes to prove that if you live according to God's principles and you live according to God's ways, you're going to continue to have success in this world. God's going to continue to promote you. You are the light of the world. And so if we're going to be the light of the world, God wants to lift us up so that people can see that light, be re recognize that light, and be drawn to it because that light is a reflection of the light of God. And uh, that is in our hearts and there is, that is in our, our living and our being. And God wants us to have, he does, he wants us to have success in life. He wants us to live a spirit-filled, powerful life. Now, I'm not giving you a health and wealth gospel, but what I am giving you is there. There's, there is a definitely an element of that is true. There is a truth there that God wants us to wants us to be people who are moving forward, doing, becoming, and seeing the hand of His hand at work in our lives. And if His hand is going to be at work in our lives, there's going to be great success that comes with it. There's going to be great opportunity that God gives us. God's going to open doors for us. He's going to make things happen for us. And not all the time. Sometimes you're going to have struggles. Sometimes in in this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. So you're going to have that. But you're also going to be successful in the midst of those troubles. And obviously, Joseph was successful in the middle of his troubles. And it says, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Notice, he's doing this in the midst of this time. So many Christians just want to get fire insurance, some life insurance. They want to, they want to have a relationship with God that means that they get to go to heaven one day. But they don't want to in the midst of this world, walk with God, and they don't want to, they don't want to see their faith carried out and, and on display in the world that they live in. They don't want that because they just want to live their own lives. And I talked about even that in the service this Sunday. I talked about how oftentimes the reason people don't want to believe in God is because they want to do what they continue to do. And if you believe in God, then you believe in something that's above you, that's a creator of you, that's a higher power of you. And that causes you to have to fall in line with his will and his way, not your own will. And so many people want to reject even the notion of God because they want to live the lives the way they want to live it. And if there is a creator, they realize that by definition, I have to do things 
according to his will and not my will. Well, even though we live in Egypt, even though we live in this world, even though we're still in these bodies of death, as Paul says, we still, even though we still struggle with those things, we are to be light and be hope and be successful in what God has given us to do in order that we glorify and honor him. And it is a beautiful thing to glorify and honor him in that way. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And I think that is a fabulous verse right there. Even though he's in this setting, he is being who God has him to be. And it was obvious that was the case, that his master saw him and he saw that the Lord was with him. He could see the presence and the power of God in Joseph's life. That is a testimony. That is a powerful testimony about the man who Joseph was. He was a young man. He was a young man who his father saw important character traits and important aspects of who he was that would make him somebody powerful and successful with his life. His father saw it, and then his brothers envied it, and his brother sold him into slavery into Egypt. And when he was bought by someone of very important, great importance in Egypt, a man of great, would have, would have to have been a man of great intelligence, great leadership skills, great quality in himself, as far as the world standards would have. He looks at Joseph and he sees a man of great quality himself. He says, it's obvious that God's with him. Now, we don't know who Potiphar believed to be God. We don't know any of his religious backgrounds, but it's obvious that he said, there's God. And if that God exists, he is obviously with Joseph. And he is making everything that Joseph does because he a certain way. He lives a certain lifestyle. We see that throughout the scriptures. We see that over and over and over again. We see that in the lives of believers that are presented to us throughout the word of God. We see that in day David and Daniel and Esther, and we see that lived out in their lives, and it's obvious to the people around them that there is a quality about them. There is something very good about them that 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 makes them successful, and that is attractive to the world. It's attractive. It attracts people to God because that light that is shining out of who they are, that light is it's, it's success. It's, it makes, makes people say, man, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to see that going on. And it says, so Joseph found favor in his sights, in his sight, and he served him. Now, Joseph's in a bad situation. I want you to hear me. He was sold into slavery in Egypt. He's not at home. He's been taken off, and he's he's having to work for somebody that he didn't grow up with, and he didn't know he's in a bad situation. But you know what? Even though he finds himself in a bad situation, doesn't mean that he doesn't find himself in a situation that he can get out of. He's got to move forward. He's got to be and do the things that are set before him. And you know what he does? He does them with, he does them he does them well is what he does. He does them really well, which means you can't do anything well if you don't do it with, with some passion, if you don't do them, do it with a strong desire to be successful, if you don't do it with, with a joy in your heart. If you don't have those things, eventually your lack of joy, your lack of passion, your lack of desire to make things will be seen quite clearly in what you're doing. You can tell when somebody's enjoying what they're doing because they're excited about it. And you can be excited about all kinds of things. The main thing you would be excited about is not what you're doing, but the main thing you'd be excited about is you're in the middle of God's plan for what you're doing. 
And realizing that is important. Joseph could have easily said, I've got, got a raw deal here. I've been given I've been given a bad situation. I shouldn't be in this situation. I shouldn't be having to deal with this. I shouldn't be down here in Egypt. I should be back at home in charge of my father's house. I should be back at home doing the things that he would want me to do. I should be back at home with my family and my friends. And now I'm down here in Egypt and I'm working for somebody and I'm owned by him. He owns me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to act right. I'm not going to act properly. And you know what happens to those folks? They're not in they're not in the Bible for sure, but they're not, they don't ever become anything. They don't ever see God. They always find a reason why they can't rather than a reason why God can in their lives. And they miss out on it. They just miss out on life and they miss out on what God wants to do in their lives. And uh, Joseph didn't do that. Joseph did what he was supposed to be, do where he was at for God's glory and for because that was the natural aspect of his character and nature. He had allowed God to make in him a character that could be used by God. And God used it and God prospered him, even though he was in the midst of slavery in Egypt. And so it says, and so Joseph found favor in his sight, verse four, and served him. And then he made him notice he not only served him, he promoted him. He made him overseer of his house and all that he had was put under his authority. Notice he not only gets to where he gets the favor of his master, but he also gets to a place where he is placed over all his master's household. Just like his master was likely placed in charge of the household of Pharaoh, so also Joseph is being placed in the, in, in the household over Potiphar's household. And Potiphar's taking care of Pharaoh's house, and Joseph is taking care of Potiphar's house. I think that's fabulous. He is he is taking on the same role that his owner has. And boy, isn't that a testimony. Potiphar thinks of him so highly that he is going to put him in the same role that Potiphar has that makes him who he is. And that generally is what happens. You're going to see when you're doing things, maybe your boss, maybe somebody that's in charge of where you're at sees that quality in you, sees that nature in you and says, you know what? This person ought to be in charge of the things that are important to me, just like I'm in charge of the things that are important to the person over me. And that's how you get promoted. You do not look at your present circumstances, but you see your circumstances as given to you by God and you operate in them in their fullness and you allow God to promote you. And that's what's going on here. And it said, he made him overseer of his house and all that he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he'd made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Notice there's a blessing that's been given to the world. And that's that common grace that God gives to the world because we're in it. And there's more grace flows out for those who, for those who are in it to glorify the father. And he says, and he says, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And so what I'd say to you this morning is as we enter a new week of life, and that goes on every, every week, we just keep turning it over again. And I know it seems like you're just a, you're just a hamster at the wheel, but you're not. God's got a purpose for you. He's got a passion for you, and he wants you to be successful where you are so he can promote you on to the big things that he has for you in the future. And the way you do that is you got to trust him where you're at, and you got to enter into the day that you have today with joy and enter into it with passion and purpose. And when you do that, ultimately, God brings about his very best for your life. And I'm betting that you're going to do that. I'm, I'm expecting that you're going to do that. 
And as you do, God is going to move and to bless and to open doors that you have no idea exist because of your faithfulness and because you can be counted on to glorify him. And so I would expect for you to do that today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.